This is Acts of Faith. Every day, World Team works to transform communities, make disciples, and reach the unreached. Our unique teams innovate, multiply, and expand the reach of the gospel. Our vision and aim? To make Jesus known. Together, we share the hope of the gospel on a global scale by meeting the needs of communities. These are our acts of faith. God is working in the hearts of unreached people groups who have come to the United States. We are excited to share this report for the end. What has God done here? I think this is the most important question to start with. If God's ultimate will is the advancement of his kingdom, his glorification, and the salvation and sanctification of his children through his son, Jesus, then as we look back, it's through the lens of his will that we really need to look at this subject. As we talk about Muslim women as gatekeepers to the Muslim family and the roles of women as we reach Muslim families, we imagine that this may challenge some people's ideas of Muslim ministry strategy. Our goal in all this is to give an account of what God has done, not about our strategy or how yours is right or wrong, or how ours is right or wrong, but just what has God done here? My name is Stanley, and with me today is my wife, Marie, and our teammate, Danielle. We are missionaries with The Inn, the International Neighborhood Network, a ministry of World Team. The workers of The Inn are church planters among people groups unreached by the gospel of Jesus. Our team works and lives with cultures that are not our own. Unlike many cross-cultural workers, God has placed us within communities that are inside our home country. Everyday life, shopping, paying bills, doctor's visits are in our language, and we don't need a visa. Functionally, those are the only differences between us and our international teammates. After being witness to God's work through the faithful efforts of his church, and we've been doing this uh, for a little over five years. I'd say that if we're expert in anything, we're now expert uh, observers of God's grace in our lives. Marie, tell us what God's done here. Here, we've seen that um, God has brought to the city we live in people from countries where it's very difficult, uh, sometimes almost impossible, for a church planter to gain access to. We learned uh, about seven years ago that there was a growing population of resettled people in our community from these countries that we were preparing to go and minister to uh, in their home country. And our hearts really were to share the gospel effectively for the purpose of making disciples who would make more disciples and plant his church with Muslims. And we'd always thought that that would mean like, well, we've got to find a way to meet Muslim men because they're the leaders of their home, they're the leaders of their tribes, their communities, they're leaders in their mosques and masjids. So that just makes perfect sense. And so we found ourselves with an opportunity to reach Muslim women. And so since that was the opportunity God put in front of us, we're like, okay, well, we'll just go there. We'll start there, even though we wouldn't really know 
much about uh, Muslim women the way we do now. Uh, and everything I read about Muslim ministry often was focused on finding the person of peace, meaning that person of peace would be a man. What we found was women in the Muslim culture are responsible for deciding whether or not someone from the outside is a safe influence over their children and the spiritual dynamic of their home because Muslim women are uh, responsible for whether or not good Muslims are raised. Danielle, you joined uh, the team after uh, us starting a couple years. What was what? What did you find as you kind of came here? Well, similar to Marie, I had read a lot of books. I had done the trainings, and I assumed that when I arrived, I would follow a ministry strategy where we reached men predominantly. But uh, when I joined, I joined. I am a single woman on the field, and so that obviously shaped the way that I would minister. And so I joined a team where I began learning that we already had relationships with women. And as a single woman, I began engaging the women in their daily lives. And so naturally, I began spending time with their families and I began meeting the men in their families and began having conversations uh, with men and women present in the room, but the men engaging me because I was just a woman meeting with their wife. And so I began discovering that I could engage whole families. Um, and even where I was teaching English to some of the wives that had very limited uh, language skills, I began learning that the men still wanted to engage on spiritual matters. And so I found that against all of training that I thought that was totally the way I should, what I should follow, I began seeing that actually the men were open and it was because of the way we cared for and ministered to their wives and to the women in the community. I think it's important for me to kind of share here that um, when we started, when this opportunity for English and specifically to the women um, started, um, I tried and I will say desperately <laughs> to reach guys. Um, first, I tried in a similar way. I, uh, I tried having a English opportunity for the men, um, specifically to, you know, what do you need? Do you need help filling out paperwork? Assuming that the guys were the ones primarily uh, involved in taking care of those things. And what we found instead was that usually the women were expected to find a way of doing that unless there was no way they could communicate. And that was the primary driver for them learning English. No matter what I did, I couldn't create time with these men. They were working, and when they weren't working, they were with their family. And until I had a relationship with a the man, there was no way I was going to be introduced into the family. Enter in this relational aspect that happened through the English class. One of the, the primary values of of world team is meeting holistic needs for the gospel. And that's identifying what the community says is a need they have and not something that we say they need. So the community was saying, we need a place where women can learn English, but specifically 
in a way that is culturally familiar and comfortable because these particular families were much more conservative about women being around men who were outside of their family. Their culture uh, is very distrustful of outsiders and they teach their children to fear all outsiders. So these were things that we um, we learned as we went. We, we knew enough about the culture that that was an aspect of Muslim culture for some Muslims. So we worked hard to think that through. Was it worth making this a women's only event? Then that means we can only have women volunteers and women teachers. Um, what's the other barrier? They, they can't get to the class. And we really want to gather so that we had both gatherings of people and opportunities to have individual family relationships. So we're like, well, if they can't get there, you know, we tried to teach them how to use the bus. They were not going to feel safe on the bus, no matter how many times you taught them. And so that meant driving them. Well, you need women who can drive them. And so what ended up happening was uh, creating, God created this gathering that felt much more like a bunch of women and their children got together in your house or your backyard, kind of like a, almost like a family reunion, like that kind of like we're very family focused and less academic focused. And that actually helped overcome other barriers we didn't understand yet, like trauma and chronic stress of the resettlement experience coming to a place where they also were overcoming barriers of like, well, my perception of all Westerners. So then we had to kind of go above and beyond to intentionally show that we were modest, that we identified as, as religious people, followers of Jesus, and that we were caring and loving and we accepted them and we would pray. And, and so that just started to overcome all these barriers that this group of women had to even wanting to know someone outside of their culture. Danielle, I'm in particular interested in hearing some of your story about how you got involved in this. As, as I was starting this process, it was kind of understood either overtly or as a subtext that single women were not as effective at reaching Muslims for Christ, except perhaps in possibly reaching Muslim children or other single women that were Muslim. So thinking through how you got involved, what what did that look like for you? So my journey into missions, yeah, I started out, I mean, my heroes, Elizabeth Elliot and Lottie Moon and uh, Amy Carmichael. And so I had these like heroes of the faith to look up to. And so it made me not fearful. I mean, they, they didn't necessarily minister to Muslims. Yeah, I, I saw them and thought they can do this. And God used them. If you look at the history of missions, single women were incredibly valuable and carried the gospel places where no one wanted to go. And so I didn't let that stop me. That idea of like women, women, single women are are going to be, you know, they're going to be turned away and they're not going to be able to minister to really anybody. Um, I didn't feel um, specifically called to children. So that did put me in a little bit of a pickle because I didn't want to just engage children. <laughs> so when I joined World Team, uh, one, their, their high value of, of women, single women, 
on the field in leadership really helped me grow and see that I had a place and being on this team and, and the culture of this team also helped me in those areas. But I, even before I joined the team, when I was with uh, friends that were single ministering, single women, I was just surrounded by people doing it. And so it didn't necessarily come as that big of a shock. I think something that I, I was thinking about earlier from one of our questions was I had a misunderstanding of Muslim culture, but I used to think that uh, if I was going to really join the field, like, and I was going to do this full time, that I would have to have permission from men to minister to their wives. I thought as a single woman, I had no grounds to engage a family alone because I don't have a man with me. And, and so that was a complete misunderstanding because that has never happened to date. So that was just, yeah, that was something that I carried. I had a lot of things that I carried into uh, like preconceived ideas of, of Islam and of being on the field that fed into that. But again, like joining an agency that value single women and trained us how to do this. And then a, a culture on a team is really important. And so that's how I've kind of come to this place where like, yes, there's value in obviously in men um, on a field. We are praying for more men on the field. And, but I, but I don't think that there is this big like discrepancy for single women. Like you can't, you won't have any access to anyone. Um, that is not true. I've never found that to be true. I think about the what God has done here, and when um, when we were pioneering this work, God kept bringing us workers who were women. It's not that we weren't looking for workers who were men, and in fact, I can I can't even count how many times the single women on our team. At one point, I was the only married woman on the team, and we had three other women on the team, and they were all single in different stages of life. Um, you know, one was nearing retirement and um, one was just fresh out of college. And one, I think about you, Danielle, you had, you know, you had graduated and you had already been in ministry and had career. And so, so we just had this, like, it was more about life experience and seasons and how people could relate to us. That was important. But I mean, how many times did we pray Lord, bring us men for the team, bring us men for the team. Cause we thought, well, this just isn't ever going to happen. And then like, oh, well now we're having our first discovery Bible study. Oh, it's with women. Oh, now we're having our first family discovery Bible study in a home. And it was with one of our, it was with our youngest single woman who was ministering to a family and the husband was like, I want to read the Bible. And so there, there they are. The three of them are reading the Bible. And, but how is, how does this work? I was just thinking back through prayers that we've prayed, even as a team, this idea of Lord bring men so we can reach families. Our prayer has changed to Lord. We've reached families now bring men to reach the men. You're right. Exactly. We were praying for men to reach Muslims. And now we've reached families now bring men so that we can more effectively minister to the guys. And now that we do have um, some guys here, we are seeing the effectiveness where, where these guys or, or even I would have normally had to spend years leapfrogging years of, of that uh, relational 
removing of uh, stones in the field and, and tilling that soil. And, and now they are reaching men directly. That's, that's something that I wasn't anticipating. I was thinking we needed the people before we even started the work. No, no, no. God did the work and then he brought the people. When it comes to guys, it's really been this thought process of where are they? Lord, bring them the whole time. And I, I feel so ungrateful. And, and it's so funny having this conversation with uh, you two women. I was like, okay, well, any day now, our ministry is going to start once the guys get here. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm confessing because... I appreciate that. It's yes, okay. It's a good but, confession. But understand that it yeah. was this this thought of, you know, nothing starts until we reach the guys. I think that's a common thought for for a lot of us. I mean, th if you were to look at the heart of our prayers back in the day, the the women on our team were praying that prayer thinking, you know, because we're also thinking like we're ministering to women who have very little shared language. So we're like, are we even are we really even doing anything kingdom valued here? And because you get so frustrated, you're you're looking for success in a way that like in my mind, this is what yeah, it looks and, like. And I think it's fair to try to give myself a little bit of break here. I <laughs> I, I was looking for success by a specific definition that I had assigned it. And and so it wasn't that I didn't see or recognize that ministry was happening or that that uh, clearly God was moving. It was more the idea of what success really was. Recognizing that the gospel is dynamic and reaching unreached people is, is not either or. It is a dynamic process that requires a team of people with you know, different skills and knowledge and giftings and abilities coming together for this greater purpose. And what we've seen here is members of our team have been able to open doors, have been able to create gatherings for groups, have been able to build on that. And, and yeah, here it started with women and children, but in God's timing, because people were obedient to the, the framework of world team and our guiding principles, and we knew what it was that God was calling us to, we stayed the course and God brought the team into that place where the gospel could be shared to whole families. And he started it with mainly singles and with single women and then built from there. And it's this, it doesn't start and then stop. It's a continuing process. If you are looking at reaching a community, and in the end, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about reaching a community. The idea that there is a less valuable person on a team, the thought that any person couldn't be used by God, I think is the most arrogant issue that we have when we start talking about this, that somehow um, the married man uh, is, is the linchpin to making this thing happen. How arrogant that God wouldn't use another way or couldn't use another, another way. I, as you guys are talking, I actually do have a visual of like walking up to one of our friends' homes and opening the door, but I'm, I, I'm not always going to be the first person to walk in. 
I may be holding the door open for somebody else and letting my teammates go in or letting the married couple go in. I think that's a tension that you have to recognize when you go into missions. You're not, there will be places I will never go as a single woman and that's okay. But can I open the door for my teammates? Can I open the door for another believer to go in? And I think that that's kind of the value we're hitting on. It doesn't really matter. Jesus never said, you know, go out single people like, or go out, marry people. Um, that was never a prerequisite in scripture. So we don't need to make it that on the field, but I think we do have such like unique positions in our seasons of life to hold the door open for somebody else. To kind of, kind of wrap up the, the, these thoughts. If women are the gatekeepers to the Muslim family, and I think we've seen the, um, the evidence for that. We've seen it in practice. Men are not going to reach those gatekeepers. It will take and has taken women. And this idea that families have to be engaged by a married couple that reaches a married couple. That's just not the way that God has done it here. And the effectiveness of singles and specifically single women in this ministry to gain access to those families, we now could follow those, those connections. Men may not be able to be there for those special gatherings, but those special gatherings open up a gateway into those families for men and, and families to fully reach whole communities because in the end it, this isn't about men and women this isn't about one uh does or doesn't uh make or break it it is that all people are are valuable to god and that we're called to reach all people to learn more about world team opportunities with the inn go to us.worldteam.org and click go at the top of the page to see prayer requests from World Team workers, click Pray. To give to World Team, click Donate. This has been Acts of Faith, a podcast by World Team U.S. For more information on World Team and its ministries, visit us.worldteam.org.